Welcome to New Valley Conversations, a podcast of New Valley Church, a gospel-centered church in the Shenandoah Valley. We desire to have conversations that lead to gospel transformation in all of life. We want to welcome you to our conversation. I'm KJ, and I'm the lead pastor of New Valley Church, and we are excited to welcome you to the conversation today. Um, joining me this afternoon is Danny. I am the family pastor at New Valley Church. And also joining us today, we have the Valley legend, Chris Lassiter. Hey, fellas. Thanks for having me. So we were going to talk a little bit about uh, just how New Valley got to be, but I'm just curious. You just mentioned, KJ, gospel transformation. I would love to start with just hearing a little bit of your story about how the gospel got a hold of you. Yeah, I remember early on in, in life, growing up in church, hearing all of the conversations about uh, what it looks like to to follow Jesus. I, I heard the gospel preached week in and week out, but it wasn't until I was in high school and I was a part of a parachurch ministry called Young Life, where I had the opportunity to be able to just honestly hear the gospel afresh, but also um, to, to share the gospel with a friend of mine. And, and it was through the process of sharing the gospel that I actually realized that I had not placed my faith in Jesus. And so prior to that, cognitively, I had the understanding of who Jesus was. I believed that he was was God. I believed that he he came, he died on the cross for, for the sins of his people. I believed those to be true, those, those statements, but I did not believe it in such a way where it started to transform my life. But it was through a conversation with that friend that I was sharing with, with him the gospel that I realized have I actually trusted Jesus as my savior? It was that idea of me understanding that Jesus is actually the one who stood in my place through him dying on the cross. I didn't understand the ramifications of that. Um, prior to that, it was just uh, the truths I was supposed to believe, the um, the, the checks, checkbox I was supposed to check off um, per se. And so I was definitely grateful when I was able to uh, come to terms with the gospel and the reality of it in, in a fresh way. But it wasn't until I was actually sharing with a friend that I came to faith. And then also after that, I really started to figure out what it looked like to follow Jesus every day um, of my life. Oh, that's awesome. And Danny, what about you? Uh, for me, uh, in a lot of ways, it was the same as with KJ. And in some ways it was different. Um, I remember being being about seven years old and praying a prayer, uh, just having a person keep telling me about Jesus, who he was, um, cognitively, as, as even KJ was mentioning. And they told me to pray a prayer and that I would be saved. And so I prayed that prayer because an adult's telling me to do that. And I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah, I want that. Um, so finally, they I got, we got done and they're like, you're saved. And then throughout throughout uh, growing up and, and being involved in youth group and things, I had people continually telling me I was saved. And um, it, took, it took me until maybe my high school years um, where I realized that um, I had heard the gospel cognitively but I had never let the gospel transform my life. I had never took and taken that step in obedience to, to live a faithful life before Jesus. Um, so it, it was, it was in that way that I, um, started questioning some things. I got in some trouble, um, in high school and I started to realize the weight of my sin and that there was nothing that I could do that would be good enough to, to save myself from that sin. So I started uh, really just questioning the things that were going on in my life. I was searching the scriptures. I had some faithful leaders pouring into me. And um, and then I realized one night just the the weight of the sin in my life and just coming before God and repenting of that sin and saying, God, I give this to you. I want to live faithfully before you. I want to honor you and glorify you with my life. 
and um that that's my that's my story yeah every uh christian has the same ephesians 2 story but god definitely works that out differently in all of our lives so i'd be curious to just hear how you guys got into uh ministry especially uh the pastoral call um kj how'd you end up becoming a pastor bro yeah, so after coming to faith in Jesus and starting to just to follow him and understand what it looks like to be a disciple, I made my way onward to Liberty University where I went to college at. But going into college, I was studying business. I had all the plans in the world to be rich. Um, I was going to do whatever I could to try to, to make that a reality um, for myself, honestly, to a point where it became an idol um, for me. But it was actually through going to Liberty and, and sitting in their, their chapel services, which they call convocation, that... I became to start to encounter just different um, pastors and shepherds of local bodies or or global bodies that were just start talking about this idea of a calling to ministry, what it looks like to to care well for God's people, to see people become disciples and and love Jesus and follow Him for the rest of their lives, and and just after hearing those types of conversations, I was starting to begin. Um, to be compelled to this idea of ministry, um, but didn't really know what that looked like. Um, there was a, a a speaker that came one time, a pastor named Derwin Gray. He pastors Transformation Church in South Carolina, and he he shared a vision for God's people being a multi ethnic church. And um, growing up where I did, there wasn't many multi ethnic churches. I always had a diverse group of friends. Um, but I, I thought that was a very intriguing idea that was biblically rooted. Um, there's a very strong, compelling case made. I think it was one of the first times that I probably um, heard the the scriptures exegeted in such a way uh, where someone was talking about how the nations belong to God and his people and that um, that, that his, his church gets to make up that people. And so that was compelling to me as I as, as I heard that for the first time. And I was like, okay, what does it look like for people to, to be a part of that type of body? If that's God's church, this is who he's created his church to be, a people made up of different backgrounds, cultures that are all living for the glory of God. What would it look like to see that happen um, in my generation, um, in, in my communities that I'm, I'm dwelling in, et cetera? And so what I did was is that I went to my, my local church pastor and started to have a conversation with him about pastoral ministry and about what would it look like for me to shepherd God's people if this is God's people? And he started to talk talk with me about uh, a few next steps for me. He asked me to to take a big step and say, "Hey, I want you to try teaching the Bible and see if you have an affinity towards that, if you enjoy it." And uh, I mean, he got things going there. But it was through the affirmation of conversations with friends and in the local church that kind of allowed me to really see that I think God might be tugging my heart my heart towards pastoral ministry. Yeah, if you guys aren't familiar with Derwin Gray, excuse me, he's also a, a ex-football player in the NFL. He's a big guy. So uh, I got a chance to visit his church about two years ago. It was an awesome experience. Uh, but you don't want him to hit you. He's a, he's a, he's quite a big guy. Uh, Danny, what about you? Yeah, um, I didn't realize it at the time, but but you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. So looking back, I can see from, from the time that I got saved, um, God was moving me towards pastoral ministry. Um, and that happened in a lot of ways. First, there were a few leaders who were investing in me, and I got to see um, kind of the process of what it looks like to make disciples and um, to to be part of that and to have these men investing in me. Um, and then as I continued to grow and I was trying to invest in others, and I started um, really developing this this um, this heart for for caring for people in a, a pastoral way, shepherding them, seeing them grow in their faith, helping equip people to to live out their lives and 
So I began to have more and more opportunities for this to, to happen as I was uh, a youth leader or even after I, I graduated high school and um, I, I started uh, serving more and more and teaching lessons to the youth. Um, through those areas, I found myself um, just just having this heart to serve God in a, a pastoral way. So finally, it, it came to a moment where I just I stepped up and I'd been serving in my local church and I went to the pastor and I told him, um, hey, I have this desire to serve God through pastoral ministry. And so he looked at me and he was like, okay, you've, you've been serving. Here's some resources. Here's ways that you can look at getting involved in pastoral ministry. And I was like, whoa, I thought this was going to be like this, this great moment where he was going to put me up in the pulpit the ne next week or something crazy was going to happen. But it wasn't like that. But um, by God's grace, um, that pastor actually had a conversation with another gentleman at his daughter's school um, through, through a volleyball game. Their, their daughters were playing volleyball together. And um, just come to find out this other guy, um, his church needed a, a uh, pastor. So just through this conversation that happened the same week that I stepped out in, in faith and told the local pastor my, my story, my heart, um, God presented an opportunity there. And just a few weeks later, um, I had interviewed. Uh, a month later, I was there on staff at my first church. And God's just been, been with me every step of the way. Um, just drawing me toward that role of serving him and equipping people. Cool. So that um, that's good for me to hear kind of how you guys got into ministry, but how do you guys know each other? So KJ and I, we actually first met through a, uh, a mutual friend's New Year's party back in about 2010. Um, we, uh, that was just a moment where we didn't really have a conversation or anything. We kind of just we're, we're there together in the, in the same place. But, um, it wasn't until, uh, 2014. Um, I actually reached out to, to KJ after seeing him at a concert. And, uh, so reaching out to him, we ended up, um, meeting, um, with another guy in a waffle house in Waynesboro. We're like, Hey, let's get together. Let's talk about, um, what it looks like to do youth ministry. We were on youth ministry at the time. And we started talking about what that looked like in, in Waynesboro and, and in our area. Um, so as we, uh, as we left the waffle house that day, I didn't realize that it wouldn't be for another four years before we ever spoke again. And it was actually KJ who reached out to me and, um, he actually presented me with the idea of new Valley church in August of 2018. So, uh, just kind of, we had this few touch points along the way and he, uh, shared the vision for new Valley church with me at that moment. And, uh, I caught the vision. So it's, it's history from there guys. Yeah, I would just add on to that, that it was kind of the the Lord kind of bringing us back together in, in relationship where uh, we always had a, a good understanding of each other and good rapport through mutual respect through kind of the ministry that we were doing. But really felt like the Lord just kind of placed on well, my heart one day is, like, hey, I, we need to call the, the Pierces and see what they're doing right now um, for the mission of Jesus and see if they would be compelled to be a part of this conversation and the planting of New Valley Church. And it was cool that the Lord kind of worked out both um, families' hearts and desires to see the gospel go forward in our community. And me personally, of course, I just love any story about the gospel that also involves the Waffle House. I just think that's excellent. So um, always. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, and then, guys, just kind of explain to me why a church plant? Yeah, I think for for me, when it comes to disciple making, historically, one of the most effective ways to make disciples has been through 
the gospel going forward through disciples being made and churches being planted. I think we see this model laid out for us throughout scripture. And so when people look at statistics about the most effective ways to reach the uh, the lost or the unreached people in the city, um, church planning is high up on that list because there's a sense of a missional zeal um, that is there. There's a desire to see people that are far from God become near to God. Um, there's a more of a little bit more of a heartbeat to see um, some indigenous disciple-making efforts happen. And so for me, after kind of examining the parameters of what is the most effective way in, in the current moment to reach even a new generation of disciples, church planning was just the the next step. And it was through being able to have conversations with leaders that have previously planted churches. And for me, being a part of a church planning church that really helped me to catch that vision for what it looks like to, to make disciples and to plant churches. And so when I um, saw the statistics for um, our region that we're in right now. There's 120,000 people that are here. Um, there's about 70% of the people that don't know Jesus. And so that's about 80,000 people that don't know Jesus. And so that beckons a call for more churches to be planted. And so for for us in that, it was a it was a no-brainer. So why wouldn't we plant another gospel-centered church in this community if it would help us to win a few for the glory of God? Yeah, and similarly for me, um, looking back at at my desire to plant a church, it um, it started with this um, understanding of the gospel and understanding of of how God was moving in and through people. Like KJ said, there are so many people that hadn't been reached in our city. And initially, when I when I was uh, my first understanding of church planning, it was so skewed that I would have never thought of it. Um, I thought maybe church planning was like just trying to do some programs or music or something better than the next church down the street. But what I realized is there was an opportunity to engage people in a way that, that other churches weren't. And that's why they, they were lost um, because they, there was no connection there. They hadn't been connected with a local church. So to provide a place for people to get involved and be strategic and missional in that sense, um, it, it was a great desire of mine as God began to, to grow me um, and I wanted to see people come to know Christ and be transformed by the gospel. So I wanted to see believers grow in their faith, and I wanted to see unbelievers come to know a Christ who died on the cross, who raised on that third day, who died for their sins, who paid for it all on the cross. And um, so that, that's my story about my desire for, for church planning. How did the church get its name? Yeah, so after we've been kind of just praying thinking about planting a church in in the Shenandoah Valley it kind of led us to consider what does it look like to see gospel renewal take place here and with our region being called the the valley in short um it was like okay what is it like for new life to happen in the valleys which led us to say okay new new valley what does it like to see gospel renewal gospel transformation take place in our context um, there's no fitting or a better way to communicate that idea than to I'm just kind of putting new in front of Valley because we want to see that renewal take place. And how did you pick a location? Yeah, it was God's grace that we um, landed where we landed at. Um, it was through a a situation where we were actually planning on um, being a, a mobile church where we were uh, meeting, setting up in a school um, every Sunday, kind of tear down, set up, et cetera. And we were prepping for that moment, that opportunity to get, to get ready for that before our launch. And we had been using a, a local church's facility in the community for our pre-launch gatherings. And it was through a Facebook message from a local pastor in our community that was, I'm really trying to consider what their future looked like and how they were going to move forward. And they were looking at moving out of their space. 
and it was through a conversation with him. They said, hey, I think this could be a good fit for you guys as you're trying to reach people with the gospel right in the, the heart of downtown Waynesboro. And so we kind of prayed about it. We said, let's, let's talk to him about this, figure out what, what he's thinking. And um, Danny and I went and talked to him. And from there, we, we, we thought this was the best place for us to, to be a gospel outpost in our community. So that led us to the downtown region, which has been a blessing because we're at the center of our city. A lot of um, new things are happening there. A lot of new businesses are, are, are sprouting up everywhere. There's some hopes and dreams for um, the city to flourish from the downtown center through new businesses, new um, museums, et cetera. One of the unique things about um, New Valley is you have a very diverse pastoral staff. Uh, can you guys just speak on uh, diversity in the gospel in the context of the local church? Yeah, so I think that uh, for me, as I, KJ was talking about this earlier and kind of his um, his vision of the church being all nations and how God called those nations to himself, um, that began to develop in me. And I saw a need for, for churches to reach the community, not for the sake of just reaching people to say they're diverse, but because we want to reach the people in our community that just happen to so be diverse. So that idea of just like, hey, how are we going to reach people all across the, the city, um, across our county? How are we going to do that well? And how are we going to do that faithfully? That's what um, leveraged me into the conversation on that aspect, on that end of things is just to know that we had this great opportunity to do things that was going to be God-honoring and biblical and see that life transformation happen in every part of the city. Yeah, I would just add on to that with, Dan with what Danny's getting at is that the gospel is what drives us and compels us out on mission. And for us, the most efficient and most effective way to reach as many people as possible, as our mission statement says, is through us reaching the diverse people groups that are all around us. And so as we are leaning into these territories, these these neighborhoods of our city, we're just trying to reach as many people as we can. And so um, God has been gracious to us in that by bringing in a diverse group of people to our church that we have the, the privilege to pastor and to shepherd, but also for us to be able to raise up leaders within our local body that are, are from these various contexts that are going to be able to go back into their neighborhoods and make disciples. And so it's been God's grace to us that he has brought us a diverse leadership team. It's something that we have um, thought about, something that we have prayed about, and we're willing to take those steps to to allow our, our people to be shepherded well um, through having faithfully um, called leaders to to be a part of this. This has been great. I feel like I, I know you guys a little bit better and hearing you process how you got to this point. Uh, we're kind of in a weird season of the church, but how would you say, like, how can people connect during a pandemic? Yeah, there, there's a different, a few different outlets that they can really connect with right now. Um, we're being really intentional to the best of our ability to create spaces so that people can can grow in their their love um, of Jesus, their knowledge of, of God and who He is, and and seek to follow Him even through the midst of a, a national crisis per se. And so, our hope is that we would be able to have environments that are are palatable for people, but also that are welcoming for them to engage in, whether that's through social media, through Facebook um, or Instagram, something like that, or if it's through our YouTube page where we're, we're posting our, our sermons on there, um, kind of streaming out our services. And so we're, we're trying to, to still in the midst of this moment when people are, are so isolated to create a space so that they can engage in, in gospel ministry. And so because we're in this season where the church is serving 
not as the church gathered, but the church scattered. And so we want people to know they're trying to take steps forward and following Jesus, that that the church is still here, the church is still present, and that nothing's going to thwart against God's um, desire for his people to go out and to make disciples. And so if you're in this season where you're trying to consider what does it look like to be a part of a local church, we want to encourage you to to plug in, to lean in, even in this season. And and we just want people to get connected to the, to the church in general, even through means like a podcast or through media, sermons, videos, etc. Guys, that's all the questions I had for you. Anybody got a last uh, closing shout out they want to give or somebody want to give the doxology? How are we going to end this thing? Hey, we just want to thank everyone for for joining us for the, the first episode of New Valley Conversations. We have a desire to see gospel transformation happen in all areas of life. And so for us as disciples, we want to see um, Jesus glorified, God's glory be made known all across um, the earth. And so we're grateful that you've joined us for the conversation. But we just want to share with you this, that as a church, we exist to worship God by seeing as many people as possible transformed by the gospel. And so this is just another means um, that we use to um, to have conversations about gospel conversation. If you are someone who is looking for a local church to fellowship with, we want to encourage you to get connected to all the great churches that are in our community. Um, but if you are maybe inclined or um, intrigued by some of the things that we've been talking about or we'll talk about in the future, we would love to get connected with you. You can go to our website, www.newvalleychurch.com. But we just want you to know that um, even in the midst of this national pandemic, um, God's church is going to prevail. And we are excited about that. And we look forward to having conversations about what it looks like to live for the glory of God in all areas of life. We'll see you soon. Thank you for coming and joining us for the conversation. Thank you.